Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our August Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is currently available at www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. The magazine offers stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So to preview our August edition, please go to www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Jan Watt. Jan is a dynamic healer, executive coach, and group facilitator. She is also an accomplished writer and poet. As the creator of the Spiritual Freedom Techniques, SFT, Tapping Protocol, Jan assists executives and leadership team in resolving complex dynamics into simple, easy-to-manage interactions that allow the most challenging business situations to conclude successfully with grace. Jan's extraordinary and challenging personal journey has gifted her with a unique ability to perceive energy and read Akashic records. She works with clients to see and remove the blockages to happiness and effectiveness that exists within each individual. Empowered leadership team can also embrace this new business paradigm where companies consciously set out to create wealth on an ongoing basis to enhance the well-being of individuals, the wider community, and the environment. Jen is the author of 19 books, notably including The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon, Enlightenment Unveil, and Emerging from the Mist. Jen and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her Spiritual Freedom Technique Tapping Protocol to Remove Blockages, All Vestiges of Self-Doubt and Mediocrity to Experience Our True Potential from her latest book, The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon. Good morning, Jan. Happy summer and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Johnny. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. It's nice to talk with you this morning. Fantastic. It is amazing to have you with me this morning. The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon is a phenomenal read. It is definitely a hot sentence and passion-driven work. Congratulations on its release. Thank you very much. We actually released the second edition, which you can get on my website, which is like even more impactful because it has all the experience of all the years I've since I've written the first one in it. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's totally awesome. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick okay. walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay, so I was born to a real dysfunctional, alcoholic, poverty-stricken family, youngest of ten. My mother hated the was her biggest fear was having birth. So when I was born, she basically cursed me and didn't want anything to do with me. And um, that set the precedence for the whole lifetime of basically not getting love needs met through people. So it was really interesting that um, I've had every experience you could imagine through this in this world that could happen in the human condition, possibly. And so I have this incredible compassion for any situation because I've experienced it, and the mm-hmm. miracle of of me is that I I have this capacity to love and compassion even though it wasn't something that I was taught or given directly so. Very, very interesting. When did you discover your special gift? It was when I went to um I mean I was one of those children that cries all the time and stuff because I could feel I wanted to know the answers when I was really little. Why is there pain in the world, you know? And nobody mm-hmm. could give me the answers and everything. And it wasn't until I went to massage therapy school later on in life that I realized I could move energy with my intentions. And so other other students would go on to, like, learn other modalities. They'd mm-hmm. spend thousands and thousands of dollars to, like, go away and learn these different modalities come back and tell me about them, and I would just pick them up as second nature. 
So I accumulated all these different modalities, and I was I just just was really good at alleviating people's issues. Like at the school, they they asked for me. They would the teachers would bump other teachers to get a massage with me, and it just I just started to be known as as someone special in that way. Very very interesting. So when you were growing up, though, did you? feel something different about you in the sense that you were able to pick up certain things that perhaps your friends are not able to do so? Well, the thing is, I didn't have any friends. Um, mm-hmm. The abuse was so incredible and the numb, the pain was so numbing that I basically spent spent this whole lifetime pretty numb until mm-hmm. later on in life when I started to like, I did have a friend that helped me, she took me to an alternative healer. And mm-hmm. this alternative healer was really good. And they said, their spirit guides told them to do anything they could to help me because I mattered. And that was nice in itself, but then I had a whole bunch of different um, healers say the mm-hmm. same thing. All their spirit guides told them to do everything that they could to help me because it mattered. So then I started to get to sink in a little bit from all the unworthiness it started to sink in that like maybe there was something to me and um, you know that I was locked up starved and tortured by a sociopath so but what was interesting in that was um, I didn't you know the unworthiness was just really pounded into me just like it is a lot of people out there but then um, the spirit guides that have been helping me and keeping me alive in this lifetime they they would start talking to me um, a lot then because I was alone and um, sensory deprived during that time. So they would talk to me and they said, no, you'll get through this. And they told me then that I would be world-renowned. And mm-hmm. I didn't have an understanding of, um, I didn't understand enough of my own talents until until after that. And, and um I had a sense of it, but I didn't know how profound they were. And I didn't know I would become a profound writer either. Very, very interesting. I imagine the process is fairly gradual. And as you start building the confidence and the self-awareness and enlightenment from within, how did you come to terms with it? Oh, (laughs) well, the the one way, because it could be really stressful, but... The way to transform any of that is just by service. So mm-hmm. it's like all this energy and abilities. Like the, my spirit guides would tell me, if you could heal one person, you can heal seven billion. And so my determination is just I don't sit in any of this energy. I always am finding more ways to outflow, more ways to like reach more people, more ways to uplift all of humanity. Because I have these sensitivities that are sometimes unbearable. I can feel pain in other people that I have never met. And I can just be driving down the street and see someone waiting for the bus or something, and I feel incredible loneliness from them. And it it can be Mm -hmm. excruciating, except for the fact that I've developed a protocol where everyone can release their own pain and feel empowered. So that definitely is great therapy. Very, very interesting. Can you tell us about the linkage with Madame Balvesky and the continuation of her work? Sure. Well, I was told when I was a lot younger that um, I was her, and I didn't want to believe it because she's mm-hmm. to me she's very homely. <laughs> and she had these big bulgy eyes, and they looked like my sister's eyes. But, but then when I got older, and after I went to the process of being locked up on the property and being told that I I had this purpose, it became clearer and clearer that there was a symbiotic relationship between me and her. Her first book was published in my hometown. Her um the the bookstore that she she wrote at is the bookstore where she was published at is still there and I went to visit it and I remember I remember being there with a bunch of highfalutin ladies and eating eating sandwiches out back like they used to do. But it was really interesting because it's in the middle of the inner city right now. 
So, mm-hmm. so um, and there's some things about her work. She mentioned my hometown in her first book and said it was like a portal for all this higher energy to to flow into the world. And she was talking about her future lifetime as myself. And she also referenced, she called it wrapping. Mm-hmm. And she referenced the wrapping, which is known now as the tapping, but she was calling it the wrapping back then. And and what she was trying to do, and what I've tried to do, it wasn't just the Madame Blavatsky life. I lived in mm-hmm. the um, King Arthur lifetime. I was the lady of the lake during the King Arthur. And, mm-hmm. and the whole purpose of all of that was to balance out the female energy and the male energy. Like in King Arthur time, when he had the Knights of the Round Table, he was trying to, like, make it more female energy, like there's no hierarchy. It's just, um, it's more like everybody matters. And he was trying to bring back chivalry, but what Mm -hmm. he was trying to do is bring back a balance between male and female energy, which I was assisting with, but that that didn't happen that lifetime. And then I had all these horrific lifetimes of banishment and deprivation and research for what I do, and then I tried again with the Madame Blavatsky lifetime to bring female empowerment. And that, I was pushed out of my own group, the Theosophy group, so I realized that from this lifetime, I realized it's not about forming a group, because any group you form will become bastardized. So it was it was a great lesson what she did. And then, of course, the only people who ran with her, well, Gandhi read her writings and, and Hitler ran her writings. So part of the, the work I'm doing this lifetime, and I've done for a while now, is to clean up some of those power mongers like Hitler who had put out truth. Um, he, he learned from her, and then he abused power. So a lot of the tapping I do now is is dissipating the um the imbalances that I might have initiated in that last lifetime. So it's not a it's not an ego gratification to think I'm her. It's a lot of it's a lot of work and a lot to atone for in lots of ways. But she's always trying to like balance up the male and female energy because she knows that's the key and I know that's the key to um mass enlightenment. Interesting. Is there anyone else in your family's lineage bestowed this special gift? You, you know what? So my family is, um, they're all like really gregarious personalities, mm-hmm. and they all have this huge unworthiness, most of them, huge capacity to love and huge capacity to give the shirt off their back. So they all have that. But they don't have the training that I've had through lifetimes of doing this. So I have the... I have the genetic propensity there to be so of service, but also it's my own training from past lifetimes. So it's a combination. They don't have that yet. Very, very interesting. How did you find out you can perceive energy and read Akashic records? Is that something that through the formal learning, so to speak, or is that something that out of the blues in the process of as you're acquiring that sort of balance between the academia side, right, as well right. as the spiritual side, where did that come together and meshes into one? So what's interesting is I don't think, I'm not even sure if you could learn it in a in an academic setting because mm-hmm. how something like that is um, learned is through, through the perceptions of danger. Like having alcoholic parents, I learned very early how to like, stay away from danger, I had to perceive what was happening with them before it transpired so I could keep myself safe and, mm-hmm. and feel the room. And, and lots of people can do that, but, but what I've done is like taken it to a art form, and it's just through the hard knocks of life because um, as far as reading the Akashic Records, um, that's, that's really easy. I've, I've seen in dreams and in, like, visions, all these different ways that I have died. So I can have compassion for other people and how they die, and it's it's all been researched for for my books. Um, the Akashic Records, the adults were training me all this lifetime, even though I didn't realize it. So when I was, like, 17, I would go to the mall, 
and I was I was always alone. I was always lonely and stuff. I I I never had people around me, even though I'm from a, the youngest of ten. It's really interesting. So so I would sit in the mall and watch people walking by, and I could see little babies. I could see them older, and I can see them as adults, and I could see them as old people, and I could see older people. They would walk towards me, and I could see them as younger and what they look like in youth. And it was I was being trained to like, like be able to like look at people on different vantage points of the Akashic records and just see them at different points. And I didn't even know back then I was being trained, but that's an exercise anyone can try is go people watching and try to see them <laughs> at different um, ages. It's really fun when you catch it. What you mentioned is very interesting, though, because we take it for granted. We are in the present moment, but we're not in the present moment. Our thoughts are either in yesterday or tomorrow, but <laughs> we're not in today. And I agree with what you say because it's, sounds like when you start explaining all this, I could feel the energy within us, right? That we have yeah. this force field. So the stronger our force field, for lack of a better term here, the less susceptible for us to be, in a way, I wouldn't say abused or attacked. If you happen to be walking on the street, people kind of make way for you. That would be the best way for me to put it. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I mean, I'm glad that that's your experience. But a lot of people have, like, um, dwindled down their force field. I call it the Wei Qi, and it's the mm -hmm. skin on the energy field. And mm -hmm. so we actually have tabs to repair and fortify the Wei Qi. And it's like and it's like lots of people know how dynamic they are inside, but they don't feel effective or whatever. It's because that force field on them has been broken, and mm -hmm. that's part of the things we repair. It's not just um, feeling good or or... or or being healthy is actually the SFT tabs work on the physical, astral, or emotional causal levels and the mental levels. So all mm -hmm. those all those levels are um, a different vibratory rate, and you can actually repair the Wei Qi on those different levels as well as just the overall Wei Qi of the body. So that's very interesting you brought that up. Yeah, I, it just came to mind, there were a couple of incidents that I could recall in Malaysia, that's where I'm originally from, and here in the United States, walking downtown Atlanta, there was a period of time where like, I'm in this attitude about, don't mess with me. And in a good mm -hmm. way, that is like, I'm like, fired up, right? So you happen to cross someone, happen to cross you, and and these are not necessarily good element, like they're trying to kind of maybe pick on you, so to speak. But then all of a sudden they sense, this is the wrong guy. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> pick on somebody else. <laughs> Absolutely. I had that experience on the, a school bus, uh, a city bus when I was traveling mm -hmm. younger. And, and the teenage boys from the high school started mm -hmm. to target me. So what mm -hmm. I did is I put that force field up and I, I intentionally sent their attention their insults back to them mm -hmm, and what was mm -hmm. really interesting is like they just tried once to like like gang up on me like by teasing me and mm -hmm. they the thoughts got the the attacks got bounced back on them and they all just shut up and left me alone and we had a quiet ride it was the first time i had experienced doing it to that extent but yes the same thing yeah, it's interesting, as you mentioned about energies and so on, because like in Malaysia, there was one time my sister and I, we went to the bank, and this is when my mom had passed, and we had to transfer funds and those kind of things. And make long story short, like to say, we were carrying cash. And so my brother-in-law and my sister were so concerned, I said, guys, if anybody is intentionally to do something today, it's the wrong day for them. <laughs> That's felt. really awesome. <laughs> It's interesting because my spirit guides taught me something similar to that, and it's something mm -hmm. I like to teach people is, like, when I was going to do my first poltergeist, it was, mm -hmm. like, really, like, you know, you know, what do I do and stuff. So I was, like, kind of nervous about that. And my spirit guides came through and they said, all you have to do, this is the only thing you have to do, is make your love bigger than the fear. Mm -hmm. So they I visualized uh, a light source bigger than 
the sun, billion times bigger than the sun, as like a Nerf ball. And I scrunched it up in my hand and pulled it into my body and just let it expound. Mm-hmm. And so the love is its own force field. It's almost like the, um, the, the pressure on like a fireman's hose, how nobody's going to get near that fireman because the pressure <laughs> of the water is too strong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're doing with your confidence and your, your love. And so nobody can get near you. That's awesome that you know that, too. Believe me, it's unintentional. It's one of those things where it just happens, right? So if we pay attention in hindsight, obviously, like you were saying, whether my guide saw just me inside the higher self protect mm-hmm. me, I've got my armor suit on, I guess, for the lack of a better term, right? And so that's the interesting part. But we sometimes as individuals just don't realize that. So that's the beauty of my writings because so many people are like tuning into their higher self and their energy and they don't know how to articulate it because think about it. If you didn't know what eyes were and you didn't know what seeing was and you didn't know what vision was, how would you explain that to others and how would you explain it to yourself? Mm-hmm. So what what I'm doing with my work besides just the tapping is I'm putting form or articulation around energy and how we interact with it so other people can understand that they are doing that. And and that way, th- those perceptions, like that gut feeling, that that red flag, those are all ways that you're perceiving an energy yourself, and, and then you can run with that and realize how to perceive more. Like when Helen Keller learned to um, talk, she only had one word. She only had water. And so with with humans now trying to perceive an energy, they only have one word, maybe fear and love. But then they can use those as a bridge to learn how to communicate entirely in energy. So true. Very, very true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's also a quick reminder to check out our August edition of our Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Jan Wad. Jan is a dynamic healer, executive coach, and group facilitator. She is also an accomplished writer and poet. As the creator of the Spiritual Freedom Technique, SFT, tapping protocol, Jan assists executives and leadership teams in resolving complex dynamics into simple, easy-to-manage interactions that allow the most challenging business situations to conclude successfully with grace. Jen is the author of 19 books, notably including The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon, Enlightenment Unveiled, and Emerging from the Mist. Jen and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her spiritual freedom technique, tapping protocol to remove blockages, all vestiges of self-doubt and mediocrity to experience our true potential from her latest book, The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon. Jen, why did you decide to write this tremendous book, The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon? Well, it's not like I actually decided to. I was told <laughs> to by the adepts, the spirit guides who mm-hmm. who um, guide me and have kept me alive this lifetime. So what happened was um, I went through the process of enlightenment when I was dived and tortured on that property and I came back to society like thinking I was a retarded boy and I didn't have I didn't function very well as far as like articulating and stuff so my therapy was going on Twitter and um, just putting out these loving truthful quotes and stuff and it was like I was like really doing energy work to like hold space for truth and love in the world because I was so pure when I came back. And then um, then Twitter got um, changed, so I didn't understand it as much, so I moved to Facebook. And Facebook, there was room for more writing, and the adults told me to write out taps to help people. And I was surprised at how many people were just, just starving for what I was doing, and they were just like being 
being elevated by it and stuff. So every time I would write something about a different issue that I, I knew about, I would put it into a folder. And then a couple years later, so years later, the adept said, okay, we want that in a book. You've got to put that out there. So I, I had how putting it together in a book, and it wasn't really the, – the first edition isn't as polished as it could be because the adepts had a mandate that I had to get this truth out there. People needed it right now. So what I did um, recently with my fiancé is he's a genius at business and he's a genius at perceiving an energy and doing what I do for individuals for business. And he's working with me right now. To um, we, we created the second edition of the SFT Lexicon, which has much more of my experience in there and much more um, um, examples and um, mm-hmm. understanding of what the tabs are for. So that, so the adepts have definitely been, been like guiding me of when I put things out and why and stuff. So, um, so I'm just listening, like everyone else. I'm just trying to listen, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm pretty good at listening if I have any talent that I'm proud of. That's fascinating. Tapping has been around, I would say, for a while, with different approach and so forth. Mm-hmm. How is the SFT tapping protocol you develop different from other forms of tapping? Well, that's a good question. Because cause the alternative here is that um, I went to use tapping. And um, and they would, like, make these noises, which were, like, glutteral and stuff, and they would release stuff from, from – they would dissipate energy through that. And so – so there was like a limitation on what they were working on. They were working on the physical well-being and maybe the emotional well-being. But so so there was a time when I surpassed what they were doing for me, and I realized that there's other stuff out there that people needed help for. And so um, the, the tapping that I have um, created it's not just working on the physical or the emotional. It's working on releasing past life issues, releasing mental issues and stuff. So it's aligning, releasing all the stagnant energy and all your different vibratory rates. So the whole purpose is to um, become so clear and and um, to bring your total self into the moment. Like you said before, people aren't in the moment. Well, they can shift that by, like, doing the tasks on things that are pulling them into the past and the future and bring all of themselves into the moment, and that's what mastership is. That's what an adept is. They don't have energy in different timelines. It's all pulled in the moment. So so the book, the book and the tapping can actually help individuals transcend, and I'm not sure the tapping other, other modalities of tapping is meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Can you explain a little bit about each of the four SFT tapping protocols and the importance of recanting past vows and agreements? Okay, so I'll start with the past life vows and agreements because that was the first set of taps the, the adepts gave me. And mm-hmm. what, what the importance of that is like I had all these people around me who were doing the spiritual work and healing work, and they still weren't getting through. There were still blockages to why they weren't um, transcending or being as aware as they could be. And then um, the the teacher in my, my massage school was telling me, she goes, you know, in past lifetimes we took these vows, and we didn't take them for just one lifetime. We took them forever. And then... I realize that when people aren't attracted in love, they think there's something wrong with them. They're not pretty enough or not clever enough. It's not that. Anything that you're not attracting is because you've taken a vow in a past lifetime to um, abstain from it. So they took vows of, vows of chastity or celibacy or to be only married to God, and they've actually kept, they've kept, the relationships away from them. So when you recant those vows of poverty, solitude, silence, self-deprivation, all those, all those, all those things that are, that are a soul's natural birthright come come back to them because it's not natural that you don't have those things. 
Of course you deserve to be loved. Of course you need deserve to be a success. Of course you deserve to be um, have riches. Of course. So that's how that one worked. And then the energetic cleanse started out as the energetic divorce. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't understand why people that were married for like many lifetime many many years then they ended up and they had to be angry and hateful to each other and i realized that the hate was just a way to push the other person away so they could get a um get their freedom back but there's an easier way than hate so what you can do is like energetically you do the task and it's literally um taking back the energy that that other person has of yours and removing the pain, burden, and limitations that that person has stored in you. So it's just like physically you would like divide your your um, property. Um, this is doing it and dividing your energy back and getting your what's yours back. And you can do it not only with just people then. You know, anyone who has a stalker or a rapist, God forbid, they can like remove anything that was shoved into them. But you can also do it with groups that have been, like, taken from you or or belief systems or any anything that has taken from you a job or a boss. And it's really effective for, for that. Now, the PB&J um, protocol is called the peanut, peanut butter and jelly protocol because mm-hmm. it's like if peanut butter and jelly ever didn't want to be associated with each other anymore. This is the protocol they would use. But the peanut butter and jelly one is, is good to use to do for someone else who who maybe is, like, debilitated or, um, or isn't open-minded enough to do the tasks. And um, people would say, is that ethical? And it, but my adults tell me it's very ethical because if you saw someone suffering, if you saw a little dog suffering in a cage, you wouldn't you wouldn't not help them because they they said that they were into, that they nipped at you and they thought they belonged in the cage. You would know that they needed help. So everyone's praying for help these days, and we as omniscient beings, potential omniscient beings, are here to help them. So the tapping. You can use the PB&J uh, and put an, another person's name in the first blank of it, the peanut butter blank, and then in the jelly blank, you put whatever issue you want to help them to release from. And it doesn't take anything away from them of their integrity. It only helps them release the issues, and then they they can fall away naturally. Now, the extension negativity taps, mm-hmm. that's actually... Um, that's actually my um, exorcism task. And I don't tell people that because I get too scared about it. But any energy that um, is scary, it's only because it's inducing you to fear. And fear is counterproductive. It's just stagnant energy that's adopted a personality or a persona of some kind. So if you just treat it as stagnant energy, and do this expungent negativity protocol, you can release those things very matter of fact without um, indulging in the drama and the fear and the personality of it all. And then the positive protocol is the one, people like to jump to that one, but I think they should be using the other protocols before they get to the positive protocol because you're actually making space in this world and in your life for the positive things that you haven't allowed. So we make space in this world for, you know, to meet our soulmate or to have success or to be abundant, you know, and then you remove all blockages to that. And you're actually moving out energy because people ask, why do these tapping get so tired? I'm just saying words. Mm-hmm. No, you're not just saying words. You're, you're moving energy out and and your body responses will be evidence of that, either resistance to doing the taps or um, you'll get, like, sweaty or tingly or mm-hmm. yawny or tired, and those are all, or joyful, and you'll feel lighter. Those are all evidences that the tapping is working. Very, very interesting. Can you give us some tangible examples of clients' results when using the SFT tapping protocol? 
Yeah. So, um, so in the workshops, um, people come to me and they've, they've bought the book on their own and they've been doing the tasks on their own and they'll just say, it's amazing, it's changed my life, I'm doing it with clients. This one woman said she was born with asthma and she did the tapping in the book for lung issues and after she did the tap, she didn't need an inhaler anymore. And she was explaining, it's really humid now. I'm really, usually I need the inhaler, but I don't need it at all anymore. And she said that it cured the asthma. Um, those were her words and stuff. That was one example. This other woman on the group, she had psoriasis, which is a skin issue on her face. And it was like, she couldn't believe it. She used one set of tapping. She goes, I, I don't even believe this, but it's true. And she showed us the spot on her face. She said, I used this one set of tapping, and the psoriasis just went right away. So that's another example. And there's, there's examples of, like, um, like my energy work. Before I mm-hmm. even wrote the book, um, my girlfriend's mother was in the hospital with diverticulosis. You know, she's bleeding out of the rectum. And I just, I just said to her long distance, I go, can I just try doing my healing? Which is, uh, what I do is I make glutteral sounds and I convert pain into sound and dissipate it, which I do on private sessions as well. So I did that for her mother, and they thought she was going to die in the hospital because they couldn't get her to stop bleeding and she was becoming too weak. Well, after I did that that releasing for her the bleeding stopped she got released from the hospital that week and she lived another 20 years without ever having another incident of bleeding wow that's amazing that really is yeah so um i've had other instances where i've done private sessions on someone this woman came to me because the lead levels and her her grandchildren's Water, drinking water was so high that they had lead poisoning. And she felt so bad that um, they were renting from her, so it was, she felt responsible. And mm-hmm. so her session took me to a past lifetime where, where it was when all the immigrants were coming into um, into New York and, and it was like really, um, the living conditions were very low level and stuff. And mm-hmm. and in that past lifetime, she was, she and her husband were the landlords of these people, and she inv- evicted them, and they ended up um, dying. And so there was a responsibility there. And this all came through in her session, and I gave her taps to do in the session, and then I gave her a lot of homework to do the um, worksheets with. Well, she came back a couple weeks later and said that her children got their lead levels tested and they were within a normal range now. That's fantastic. Yeah. So there's those (laughs) kind of... There's another woman who who was a regular client, so she was pretty healthy, but then she called me for for an emergency session. And she said, Mm -hmm. I just got a, um, a, a, I don't know, a scan of her, uh, uh, whatever kind of scan, and she had all these tumors in her... um, and her um, lower abdomen and her female anatomy and stuff, all these fibroid tumors. She goes, there's just so many of them. So I did an emergency session with her, and I, 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 they weren't there before. And then the only difference was is she had this friend that was, was um, dumping on her, and this friend was stroking her ego saying, oh, you're my only friend, you're my only friend. Now, she didn't tell me any of this. I just picked up, I go, there's someone dumping on you and stroking your ego, and they're shoving all their issues into your body, and that's what the um, tumors are. So um, so we did a session, and she did the energetic cleanse and divorcing herself from that woman and removing everything that woman put into her. She went back and got her, her body scanned, and the tumors were all because they were new, it was easy to get them. Next time she went for a scan, they were all cleared up for the most part. That's amazing. You're listening mm-hmm. to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, 
TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Harpopper. Here's a quick reminder to check the August edition of our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Jan Watt. She is a dynamic healer, executive coach, and group facilitator. She is also an accomplished writer and poet. As the creator of the Spiritual Freedom Technique, SFT Tapping Protocol, Jen assists executives and leadership teams in resolving complex dynamics into simple, easy-to-manage interactions that allow the most challenging business situations to conclude successfully with grace. Jen is the author of 19 books, notably The Spiritual Freedom Techniques, Lexicon, Enlightenment Unveiled, and Emerging from the Mist. Jen and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her spiritual freedom technique, tapping protocol to remove blockages, all vestiges of self-doubt and mediocrity to experience our true self from her latest book, The Spiritual Freedom Technique Lexicon. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Jen, what is the precise and proper way to do the SFT tapping protocol? Okay. Um, so, so you... You formulate the statement um, of what you want to release. We release, and I never say I anymore. I say we because when when you say I, you're um, you're giving attention to the ego, and it perks up and it's paying attention and trying to sabotage the ego. Mm-hmm. It's trying to keep you into a lower consciousness. So so we use the word we to to bypass the ego and say we release um, being angry. And then then you pause for a minute and say, in our moments. And as you say that, we release being angry in our moments. Say it with that space in before, in our moments. Because it's it's actually an intention. It's not just words. You're you're sending an intention out out into the universe. Your mind is a 3D printer. It's going to to, um, manifest what you put into it so that you want to be very intentional with that. So you say it three times, it'll tap it on your head. And it bypasses the ego, and it taps right into your mind, which is a 3D printer, and creates everything that you program it to. Unfortunately, people are programming negative things in it by default. Mm-hmm. But we're removing those, and we're being more conscious by these intentions. Then you say the same statement a fourth time and tap on your chest. And what that's doing is like setting it into your body. Okay, you told the 3D printer what to do. Now you set it in the body to, like, make sure that it's going to follow through with that, and that's a high priority. And then you tap the same statement another time in your abdomen, and it prevents that statement or that issue to, like, scurry down into your your lower intestines or your anatomy and um, hiding there. So it's just a completion that way. So it's three on the head, once on the chest, once on the abdomen, very slow, methodically, and pause before the statement in all moments. Now, the important purpose of the statement in all moments is because you're not just dealing with the issue here. The, the issue either originated in a past lifetime or is going to be passed on to a future lifetime. So by saying it in all moments, not only do you remove it from your past engrams, which are the images of your past lifetime, you're you're removing it from your your future engrams, so you're not formulating something based on anger. And it's creating all the energy, and it's pulling the energy out of the past and the future, and pulling all the energy into the present moment. So you have more energy to um, to formulate your foundation of beingness with. Very very interesting. Do we need to do any special prep to our mind, body, and spirit before implementing the SFT tapping protocol? No. As a matter of fact, I I suggest the opposite, that you don't, because mm-hmm. all that preparation, people who, who do meditation or yoga and, and you want to prepare the mind, which is great, we're not engaged in the mind. We're, we're bypassing the mind to do these. So you want to take the mind off off um you want to like take it by surprise 
And so you don't want to, like, make it a mind thing where you have to be in a particular room or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what, you should be able to do this at any time when you need it because the whole point is to be be empowered in all moments. So if you have to wait till you get to your special room or do your special ceremony, then you're, like, then you're canceling out some time when you can be empowered. So, mm-hmm. so it's good, like, even if you can go into the bathroom when you're having a frustrating day at work or, you know, at home mm-hmm. with other people, go to the bathroom, go alone, and, and say the task. And it's good to say them out loud because you're, you're formulated it into the physical vibration. As much as you can, say them out loud. If there's other people around, you can, like, whisper them or say them in your head, but when you can and you're alone, say them out loud. So it's spontaneity. It's what it's all about. It's not something you're trying to prep all day and let me sit no. around at eight o'clock tonight. Kind of thing. No, okay. because and then another thing is the more important the tasks are to your own journey, the mm-hmm. more resistance you'll meet, and you'll try to put it off and try to make it like, don't do that. You got to sneak up on it and just do it and get over the resistance. Because once you get into the tapping, you'll feel the shift, and it's like the relief will come. Mm-hmm. Also, when when the issue is personal to you, you can figure out what your personal issues are because the more personal it is, the harder it will be to do a set of tasks and then you'll get tongue twisted and you won't be able to like say, say the statement as simple as it is. It's right. very funny to watch people try to say like five words, string them together when it's their issue and they just can't get it out right and they feel really stupid. They don't realize that that's part of the process, even though I tell them it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Is there a limit to the number of times we need to do the protocol for any specific issues or challenges? Yeah. So the thing is, you never, ever, 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 ever do a set of taps twice. Okay. You only do them once. Because if you do them more than once, what you're doing is you're ascribing it to a mental repetition kind of thing, and then your mind is going to say, well, you didn't do them right. you got to do them again. Oh, no, you got to do them right. And so the mind will come in and they'll, they'll ruin this beautiful technique that you have to surpass the mind. So if you do them just once, that's sufficient. But if you have this non-thing and you want to do them again, don't do them exactly the same. So if you were going to do them on, um, on say, your ex ex-partner so you mm-hmm. could do the energetic cleanse on just put that person's name in there but if you don't feel like it's quite enough then you would do another set of taps related to that like um divorcing uh the ex or being abused by the ex or being depleted by the ex or you always do it on a negative except for the positive protocol you always do it with something kind of negative because you're getting your energy back from that situation. Very interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, don't repeat the same thing, but you are reconstructing it in layers to whereby you eventually cleanse everything else. Right, and you can actually do it in different layers by like, like like you can do it from different levels of consciousness. We release Mm -hmm. being mad, which would be Mm -hmm. the physical state of consciousness. We release feeling mad, which would be the astral state of consciousness. We remove all engrams of being mad, which would be the causal level of consciousness. We release the belief that we're mad, which would be the um, mental, or we we release our muscle memory of being mad. So you can do it from different levels of consciousness to really extract it from your energy being totally. Very, very interesting. One of the things that I hear a lot of people say is rewriting our soul contract, and I know you work on that as well in your book. How does that help us going forward? Is that part of that renouncing all contracts and so forth? Yeah, kind of like that. Well, the interesting about that is people who've been spending lots of time on their spiritual journey will come to some kind of glass ceiling. And what I found lately is the people who've been doing all their work on themselves, either their glass ceiling is, oh, well, that's that's my star chart, so they don't think they can overcome, you know, 
their, their zodiac sign because that's how they were positioned in the universe when they were born. But that's a glass ceiling, and you can overcome any glass ceiling, and that's one of them. And then thinking that you have to abide by your soul contract that you came in here for is another glass ceiling, and they think that they're just at the mercy of their their soul contract. But the soul contract was to be put in place to teach you how to be empowered. And if you're consciously learning how to be empowered by doing these taps, you're surpassing lifetimes of incarnations doing these taps. Now, when a person does a private session with me, it's kind of like that time, you know, like when you cross over and you have that self-evaluation where you learn what you need to learn and move forward into another incarnation? Mm -hmm. When someone has a session with me, they're doing that before without needing to cross over to have that awareness. So they're like learning the lessons that were necessary in this lifetime. So they're surpassing all the lessons that they've already needed to learn this lifetime, and they can get new ones. So they they have to rewrite their soul contract to to keep growing, so they don't become stagnant. So so when they say it's like someone has like abuse in their soul contract, mm-hmm. so. You can do a tab. We erase all the we erase all the abuse from our soul contract, uh, or we um, eliminate abuse from our soul contract. Whatever you want to eliminate, and then if you want to put more joy into your soul contract, joy, love, abundance, freedom, health, success, security, companionship, creativity, peace, life, wholeness, etc. We infuse. We rewrite. Our soul contract to include joy. We rewrite our soul contract to include love. We rewrite our soul contract to include optimal abundance, Mm -hmm. optimal health. It's really profound. There's no limits on a person who's using the SFT lexicon this way. That's fascinating. Would you please tell us about your group workshops as well? Yeah. So, so... The adults knew before I did that this would be a worldwide thing. People who are who are facilitators of other pra- practices um, find out about the SFT and they get so much benefit from it that they want to be facilitators. And people just either they want to be facilitators or they want to learn how to be proficient at it for themselves and their loved ones. So what I do is I. I create these workshops where I infuse them all the teachings that the adepts have taught me. Because in the past lifetimes, if you had this dynamic protocol come to Earth, there was like uh, a grand pupa at the at the center, and that grand pupa had all the wisdom and all the insight, and you had to kind of like give your allegiance to that grand pupa. But this is higher consciousness. The, the beauty of this is there is no ego at the at the center. There is no giving allegiance to someone at the center. There is no group consciousness being formed. Everyone who comes to a workshop is coming as a one-on-one individual with me, only doing it with a lot at once. And I'm giving them everything that they need to be as empowered as possible with their own talents and with what I have to give so they can help assist humanity in transcending. It's not about me at all. It's about them. And and people get a sense of that. They feel the empowerment of it. And the only reason for the group is sometimes people, once they feel this empowerment, they start to get like, um, they start to feel the ego a little bit and feel like, and and I watch for that if they start to feel like they're, they're better than other people, so I start to pontificate in any way. Then I have to work with them a little bit more to keep this pure so that they give out everything, everything of who they are to others because that's what it's all about. When when I started out with a Genuine Healing website, um, the business guys who were teaching me way back then, like I, I was like so naive, they said, don't give them everything. 
just hold it back and, and dangle it like a carrot. And I hid it there, and the spirit guides, the adults said, uh-uh, you're not like that. You give them everything you have, every truth that you can. The world needs truth right now. You give them all the truth and love possible that your body can pour out there, and we'll give you more. And it's been true. That's how we we expand in consciousness. I give out everything that I have to everyone else, and then I receive more. And it's and I look forward to learning new things all the time. That's beautiful. That really is. Where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about you, your services, and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, there's two ways. There's my website, which is Genuine Healing with a J, GenuineHealing.com. And that's where you can buy the second edition of the SFT Lexicon, which I highly recommend anyone who, who, who wants to go further in their spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual musings, whatever, I highly recommend they get the SFT Lexicon, the second edition. Um, the other books are up there as well. We're, we're going through an edit in all those books so that they'll all be as profound as this one once we get done editing them and pouring a lot more truth into them. But they're all great as they are. I, I never People rave about the books as they are. They're just going to be so much more better. And also, I have a YouTube channel called Genuine Healing with a J, and we have this um, podcast that we're really, um, this YouTube podcast, which is really my fiancé and I, it's called Jen and her Jammies, where he's a polished, articulate businessman, really intelligent, someone you would really gravitate towards, and I'm doing the talking. So it's like really amusing because it, it's, it's I I look like I would be learning from him, but it's just the opposite. So so we're playing with that, and um, he tries to structure the the podcast, the episodes, and he never knows what's going to come out of my mouth. And it's like his 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 faces and how amused he is and how uncomfortable he is with where I'm going with the conversation is amusing, but it's also really informational about. Um, metaphysical things. I talk about metaphysical things in a very simplistic way so like a child could understand it because that's how I need to understand it. So Fantastic. What was the most rewarding aspect of composing the SFT lexicon? Well, I think what's happening now is like getting it, uh, the SFT lexicon second edition, getting it to a book that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the adults tell me that in the in the lower world, people are attached to their book, you know, their holy book. But as as they outgrow that thing, they they want something to empower them. So this book is something that they can use. It's not going to take away and and give them allegiance to other things, but is totally going to empower them. So that's rewarding. And and what's rewarding is other people. Dynamic facilitators are coming forward and saying, you know, I was teaching EFT, and now you've made all my books obsolete, and now I'm only <laughs> doing SFT. i got to get all your books. And um, dynamic facilitators are using SFT around the world to uplift humanity, and, and we're getting a sense of it now. It's like at a, where the rubber meets the road right now where we are, and people can be afraid of what the future looks like, or they can just get their SFT lexicon and start being part of um, helping the adepts. Because a lot of people, even in their spiritual groups, have been waiting for, you know, people from other planets to, like, save us from ourselves. Well, that's not going to happen. We're saving ourselves right now. We've incarnated from other planets, perhaps, but we're here to uplift humanity and the collective of humanity. And, and I'm really proud to be part of that and to get that confidence and pour that love and truth into the world as much as possible. Beautiful. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Absolutely. So this is what the adults gave me. Truth in love resonate at similar frequencies. The reason there's not more love in the world is because there's such little truth. So if you want to change the world and make it a more loving place, 
Be more truthful. Truth doesn't have to be mean-spirited or cruel. It just needs to be direct. And when you are direct in truth, you're cutting off a lot of the um, the um, stagnant energy that's preventing people from feeling loved. So just be truthful with people. It's It's very empowering. Beautiful. Jan, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, August 17. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their two latest releases celebrating the 21st anniversary edition of Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul and the 25th anniversary edition of Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed week. Jan, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a very blessed day.